Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio here with Mike Cernovich, one of the conquerors of the well, tonight's battle for free speech. Uh, Mike, let's just get straight into the story. What went down tonight? Yeah, we had a lot of fun today. I was in Austin, Texas. Joe Biggs texted me that there was going to be an anti-Trump rally at the Capitol building. And I thought, well, hey, I might as well go cover that. It'll be journalistically interesting. So I go there. I'm covering it. It's a very low energy. There was a guy talking and it was so boring. It was something along the lines of, hey, I'm going to say something. And then I want you to say, you can't do that. So the guy would say, Trump will not release his taxes. And then the people were kind of confused because like they actually want him. That's a double negative. Yeah. So they were like, you can't do that. Finally, they figured it out and they got the rhythm and it's kind of boring. So I kept working my way up towards the microphone and I got all the way almost to where it was. And I I said, you know, you should get on the microphone and you say, you should say Bill Clinton is a rapist. You should just do it. And then I go, well, you know, but that isn't really what we do. You know, should I take over it? And then I go, you know what, man, you can't even announce your happy hours a day in advance because there'll be bomb threats, terrorist attacks, all kinds of nonsense. They take over all of our events. And I go, OK, I'm going to wait for the guy to move. So I'm not going to go throw him out, you know, take over the microphone the way those Black Lives Matter people did to Bernie. I said, but I'll wait for a long the action. I worked my way up right when the guy finishes. He moves over. I go on the microphone. Bill Clinton is a rapist. Bill Clinton raped Juanita Broderick. The media covered it up. Pandemonium. Boo! Screaming. People are, the whole crowd turns against me. You know, we have some really great footage of that. It's all on Periscope right now. Unfortunately, I haven't had time to edit it on YouTube. You guys can, of course, edit that in or do what you want with it. So they're going, boo, boo. They're screaming. And then people come up to the stage and you know, they take away the microphone. And then I'm surrounded at one point where they're screaming in my ear. They're in my face. And then they start like pushing me and trying to hit me in the face with a, a sign. Essentially, they're trying to provoke me to violence. But of course, I'm not going to fall for that. I'm not going to let them bait me. I just kept my cool, periscoping it the whole time. That way, everybody can see the truth, right? Because the truth should not be feared by anybody. All I did is I do reality journalism, live streams. I don't edit people. I don't have to make them look bad. I just want to show people who they really are. So the police come in and I'm being shoved by everybody. And of course, my hands are up, you know, hands up. And the police go, hey, it's okay, buddy. Let's just get you out of here. And I was respectful because I had made my point. I wasn't there to take over the scene. I, I did what I needed to do. We're walking by with the police. We're very friendly, professional. I'm walking. Joe Biggs is kind of behind me on the left, and there are two police behind me, and we're all walking away, and you would think, well, that's a relatively safe scene. But knowing what has happened before, we know that there's no such thing as being uh, away from physical violence when the left is near. So I kind of see a guy in my peripheral. I go, that guy, he's moving too fast, right? That's like a body language tip for people is if you're in a, a venue and a guy starts walking a, way too fast relative to everybody else. Threat assessment right there. So I looked at my left periphery like a threat assessment. This guy's coming to get me. So sure enough, he comes over and he tries to take a swipe at me. And as he did, I moved back. He was able to, to knock my phone out of my hand. And then I just turned and faced him and blasted him right in the face. And then I go, I should just lay this guy out. The police looked at me. They laughed and they go, you're safe. It's okay. Let's get out of here. So I go, okay, you saw that I, that was self-defense. They go, no, you were totally justified. Self-defense. I think Joe Big has got a lick in on the guy too. He gave him a nice little love tap too. And then we and then we walked out triumphant. Wow. And 
Was there anything that happened uh, after that, or how did things calm down, and what were the police doing during this time? Well, the police were actually they were quite professional. It was a it was a low energy rally. That's why I was a little bit surprised that there weren't anti fa people there. These were just garden variety liberals, which I think is a bad sign. Because when I walked in initially with Joe Biggs, I looked around. My that my threat assessment said this is actually a low threat assessment. These aren't anti fa people. These are just your regular liberals who want to complain about Trump's tax returns and stuff. So I didn't anticipate there would actually be any violence, right? This, it didn't seem that really, right? This was, again, just the garden variety liberal crowd. And then we saw how quickly they turn. Like, they're like a cult. The, you know, the fingering, the, the vitriol, the anger. You can see their faces. They don't even look human beings merely because I spoke the truth, which is that Bill Clinton's a rapist. So we saw them turn, and, you know, the guy got hit, and as we were leaving, you know, the police, they just go, look, man, we don't want this best blade. And I said, cool, cool, fine. So we walked away. I hung out with Joe Biggs, but... Then I met with Andrew Torba, who's uh, the founder and CEO of Gab, one of the co-founders of Gab.ai, and we were going to have lunch. And as I'm doing a stream, he heard two people walk by, and one of the guys goes, hey, I'm going to smack that guy. So Torba stood there and was you know, watching my back while I did my stream. So there could have been, indeed, a second altercation with someone else. Now, you mentioned this, you, like you can't even have a get-together without getting all these threats. So what is it like for you as you sort of go around the country and try and meet up with fans and friends and supporters? What are people not seeing that comes into your inbox that you see online, but you just try and get a social gathering together of like-minded people? Right. So they try everything. One event, luckily my friend, this is the only event I announced the venue in advance because my friend actually owned the property. They'd actually messaged him and said that, a bunch of us who support killing abortion doctors are going to meet and plot on how to kill abortion doctors. So they try everything. They try the whole, he's a racist, he's a rapist, he's a Nazi. If none of that works, then they go with, well, actually, he's a terrorist. They're trying new things now every time. And then, of course, they do say there will be attacks and bombs and everything. So the, the issue is that I can't do, like right now, like I'm going to have an event tomorrow in Austin, Texas. People know it's at 5 p.m. I can't say where it's going to be. I'll say in the morning, maybe you know, 10 a.m., 11 a.m., where it's going to be, but I can't announce this in advance. I'm having another event in Washington, D.C., the 29th. You know, I'll tell people, hey, you got to buy tickets. The last time I held an event in D.C., and it sold out, fortunately, 250 tickets, like no problem, 12 hours. But people now know that when you buy a ticket to a Mike Sternovich event, I can't tell you where it's going to be. You just have to trust me that it's going to be at a good venue, and then I'll email you that morning to let you know where it is. So people can't really uh, – and that's why you know we're fighting back a lot. That's why I took over that microphone. A year ago, I never would have done that. And now I want everybody to do, that, to do that all the time because if I can't even hold an event and announce it in advance because of these people, then we're going to take over their microphones. We're going to protest their events. We're going to let them know what this is like. And then, of course, what happened in Berkeley tonight was amazing and, and beautiful, and I, I was so – so high on adrenaline and so happy to see the Freedom Fighters take back Berkeley. Okay, so let's talk about that. So tonight you tweeted that uh, you said you don't know what this movement is called, but we leveled up tonight. Yeah. And we're going to talk to Lauren in a few minutes about what happened at Berkeley. But uh, what's your impression of what happened there? And what do you think it means for whatever we call this movement? Right. So you and I, have we talked about this and how the left and their violence could actually lead to an, a counter reaction. And you and I, you know, adherence to the non-aggression principle, that concerns us in a lot of ways. You know, we want us to fight back and defend ourselves, but we don't want it to, you know, 
we don't want to be like them. And that really is the hard, the real challenge for ethical people. You know, we, we know we have to fight back. We know we have to hit back when necessary. The police aren't doing their jobs. But the, the leveling up occurred is that it used to be one year, two years ago, they shut down our events and we just cried. You know, they pull the fire alarms at a, an event in Canada. You know, men just want to get around and talk about, you know, suicide issues of men and, and other issues concerning men. And maybe you even were at the event or were going to be there. They shut it down and we're just like, oh, they shut it down. Let's complain about it. Let's be upset. This is terrible. And now what we're saying is, well, they've gotten violent with us. They're not going to shut us down anymore. They aren't running things anymore. If they want to initiate aggression, then we can defend ourselves, and that's completely consistent with our philosophy. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, self-defense is perfectly valid within the non-aggression principle. And yeah, I mean, I, I've spoken publicly uh, under bomb threats as well. And uh, there was a kind of, okay, it's a draw. You know, we'll continue to do our event. And maybe people, of course, won't come because they're afraid of violence. But I think it has gotten to a tipping point where people are genuinely afraid or have reason to be afraid simply for going out and arguing for what used to be pretty centrist positions. I mean, this is the Overton window has moved like crazy in this debate. Like now, if you're interested in, say, immigration law being enforced, well, suddenly you're a Nazi and you can be punched. And I don't know how it's possible to consider that an extremist position to say, hey, maybe it'd be worthwhile enforcing the law once in a while. So it's not like there are just crazy extremists who are being targeted. It's people, you know, Trump won by a huge margin in the Electoral College. This is not fringe philosophy. This is not outside the bounds beliefs. And it's still being targeted. So I think that at some point you have to try and push back or you're just going to get run over. Yeah, exactly. And people are pushing back. It was amazing. Berkeley is their territory. That is SJW Central. They had the riots with Milo. They pepper sprayed women. Then there was that minor skirmish with Bay Stick Man, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, whenever that was. This is their home territory. So people said, all right, we're going to meet you on your home turf. And they took over. I was so happy and proud of everyone and what they did. And again, they did not initiate aggression. The aggression was initiated by the left and by the SJW. So now what I'm seeing is a lot of these left-wing journalists kind of crying about what happened. And I go, well, wait a minute. Costa Mesa, Trump rally shut down by riots. San Jose, Trump rally shut down by riots. People were chased down, attacked, women, everybody, eggs thrown on them, punched. Chicago shut down. Firebombing of a Trump office in North Carolina, maybe one in Delaware, too. Then there was the Milo one. There was real violence, and I didn't see anybody going, this is terrible, I disavow this. I didn't see Jake Taper or CNN going, Hillary Clinton, Bernie, are these your supporters? Just, I saw nothing. Now these liberal media people are freaking out, and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. This is your team doing it. Where were you guys for the past year and a half? Well, and I would argue that actually the media has a huge amount of responsibility for what is going down in these public spaces now because the feral left has advanced and become more bold as a result of the cover, the smokescreen and the avoidance and the obfuscation put out by the mainstream media. They're the ones that, who are fertilizing this rotten crop. And now, of course, they're upset because people are punching back. They're not upset at all about violence or we would have heard about it long ago. They're upset because people are fighting back. And that makes them even more complicit and shows where their bias is. Exactly right. You make a good point is they don't have a problem with the game. They have a problem with who's winning the game. Right. So um, what's next? You're going to meet up with some people tomorrow, then you're going to head back home? Yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to have an event, happy hour kind of thing, low key at 5 p.m. in Austin, Texas. And, you know, we'll have a good turnout for that. Monday, I think I'm going to go. I think I'll probably head back Monday. 
Then the 29th in Washington, D.C., we're having like another big event. So we're, we're just what we're doing is we like we keep pushing through. And that is another reason the media is so triggered is they, they keep trying to hit us and they don't realize that we're just going to keep pushing through and steamrolling people. They can call they can call us names. They can call us whatever they want to do. And we don't play the defense. And that is why this kind of movement or whatever it is, the new right. I don't know what people are calling it. I kind of like new right. But what they don't get about us is they go and throw all these attacks at us. And we just walk right through them. We don't stop and say, well, I'm not that. I'm a good guy. I'm not that. Oh, God, please, you're hurting my feelings. I'll never write for the New York Times now. Oh, my God, I'll never get that job at the Washington Post, that coveted job. I'm so sorry. I'm actually a good person, please. We're taking out. You know, we're, we're flying through with, like, double deuces, you know, flipping people off as we go. And they realize now that they are losing power. They're losing power fast. And these, of course, were a lot of the groups that supported Hillary Clinton and others. So I hope that uh, people in America and, in fact, around the world who read about this, who see this, and we'll put links to the videos below, I hope they realize just what a close bullet they dodged because the people who support these people, the people who these people support, almost got a, um, a stranglehold on the most powerful military and the most powerful government the world has ever seen. And I'm not sure that the outcome would have done anything but escalate if there wasn't even this capacity to push back at the moment. Oh, exactly. That's why I tell people, you'll never see me be anti-Trump. I'll become apathetic, right? I'll just say, oh, Trump's, you know, his foreign policy, this is bad, I don't like it. But if Hillary Clinton were in office, things would be so much worse. It would be an order of magnitude worse, probably. If Hillary were in office, not only would Antifa attack us, but we would actually probably under federal and be under federal indictment for being beat up as a victim. Right. Okay, yeah. so I know you've got a busy night. I wonder if you can just tell the listeners where to find your work on Periscope, on YouTube, uh, on the web. Yeah, so you can find me twitter.com forward slash, it's my last name, Cernovich. I've been doing a lot of my journalism, actually, which got linked on the blog world for the Drudge Report. Very big day for me. Medium.com forward slash the at sign Cernovich. And, of course, me and Stefan, you know, we talk a lot, too, so make sure you subscribe and hit the like button and everything because I'll be back here. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Stay safe. One last thing. Can we just see the war wound? Oh, yeah. One time here. All right. I hope it wasn't any any feral bacteria ridden teeth that you smacked into and uh, make sure you keep an eye on that. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Take care.